Welcome back to the Andy Talks Energy podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ray. This is episode 41. Um, And the first thing on my notes for this episode is to complain about how goddamn cold it is here. I'm just slowly freezing to death inside my own home. I have to start my office every morning like you start your car on a cold day. I turn on my little under-the-desk heater, and like 30 minutes later, it might be warm enough to get work done down here. So that's where I'm at. It's been negative 10 for most of the last couple of weeks, and uh, I'm like Hugh Glass from The Revenant. You know that Leonardo DiCaprio movie based on a true story? I went for a walk a couple mornings ago, and Lord knows why I did this. I don't know what I was thinking, but I got like three quarters of a mile away from my house and legit could not feel my legs. So I scuttled home, but not before I found some moose tracks. So fun story. I don't, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but like moose are my only known natural predator. I would not have survived to adulthood if it weren't for my father's talent for violence. He attacked moose that were attacking me on two separate occasions in my childhood. And that's why I'm alive today. So it's the circle of life. We're just part of the food chain up here. Like, The moose might still wipe out our young. That's what it's like to live in Alaska. I sound made up, but I'm I'm not shitting you. That's a real thing that happened. All of this is relevant for later in this episode, so bear with me. Um, I'm just saying, like, that's where I'm at. It's cold. I don't want to leave my house. So what better time to record a podcast episode? Um, Let's jump straight to the client feedback. Mr. and Mrs. J have been clients since 2021, and I've read for them together. I've read for them separately, and they are a delight every single time. And thank you to Mrs. J for writing me this very detailed feedback message, and she has sent me other ones, but this is the one that was kind of at the top of the, uh, the inbox pile. So here it goes. So Mrs. J writes, hey, Andy, I wanted to write you to let you know of a few things that have come to fruition from our past readings. From our March 6, 2023 reading, you said our daughter would blend education with self-expression, and in December, she signed up for classes to become a nail tech. This fits perfectly with her artistic personality. You also mentioned that she would have heartbreak. Her and her husband separated in October and got back together in December. Over Christmas, our son brought up a time when we went to Disneyland for vacation. He was very young, around four, but he said that he distinctly remembers that he did not want to go on the Dumbo ride, and I talked him into going with me. I remember it also, thinking at the time that he was just scared and he would actually really enjoy it. Boy, was I wrong. Reading over the notes from your reading, we saw that you brought up Mr. J's brother, Todd, and a Dumbo reference. You also said that Todd is sending messages through our son specifically via metaphor. It hit me that our son bringing up the Dumbo memory, literally out of nowhere, was the message from Todd to Mr. J. Dumbo's whole thing was that he thought he could fly because of the feather, when in reality he just needed to believe in himself, which is exactly what Mr. J needs to do. Believe in himself, something that you have also told him. But somehow hearing it from his brother in this crazy way is so powerful. You said that Mr. J's business would start to pick up in December, but he needed to focus on smaller clients and mid-range size businesses. His company got his first deal to move forward at the end of December, and at the same time, he and his partner decided they needed to focus on mid-size companies for more volume and smaller deals. Uh, From the August 23rd reading, 
you said that we were trying to copy recipes from Joel's family, as in their food. We forgot that until reading through your notes at the end of December, but he had actually reached out to his brother before Christmas to try to find an old family recipe for a corn dish he loved as a kid. His brother had it and we made it for our Christmas dinner. Thank you for giving us these little pieces that connect us to the other side. Your ability to deliver the information in the way that you do is unique and shrewd. We love your sense of humor and directness, and the time with you is highly enjoyable. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow, Mr. and Mrs. J. And I did, in fact, read for Mr. J the next day after I got this email. So let's go over what was going on in this particular set of feedback. First thing she brought up was some information that she received for their adult daughter. Now, I really do not recommend uh, people coming to get readings uh, for the purposes of spying on their adult children. However, if your head and your heart are in the right place as a parent, you are very likely to receive information that will benefit your adult children. So it looks like uh, Mr. and Mrs. J got a little heads up about some stuff that was going on in their daughter's relationship, which sounds like it's been resolved. And then also some info in advance about some educational choices she was going to make. And that appears to have occurred about, let's see, March to December. What's that? Nine months in advance? That's a pretty reasonable time frame in which a prediction or a projection from a reading can come to pass. So the next thing on the list was her son bringing up kind of a random memory that had a metaphorical kind of message in it. And I've never seen Dumbo, full disclosure, so I'm going to take her word for it on the metaphor. But yes, sometimes departed people like Mr. J's brother could uh, influence a living person to bring something up that would act as a message for other living people. So her son mentioning Dumbo, which has a pretty clear metaphor, um, was actually predicted in the reading in March. Departed people will give us a heads up about messages they're going to give us or signs and synchronicities they're going to give us in the future. Um, so in case that wasn't clear, yes, departed people can prompt living people to do or say things that are of benefit to other living people. The next item down was business. So I don't recommend that people show up for a reading purely for business consulting purposes. Some people are not ready for the reality that some ventures are meant to fail. And on that note, that's why I'm not out here offering like high ticket business consulting, psychic or mediumistic services, as I'm sure you've seen elsewhere on social media. Some people are not in business for the right reasons <laughs> and are not doing something that needs to be done. So that's why I don't offer business specific psychic readings or mediumship because, you know, there's often a lot of other factors to look at besides business, and not all people who are in business are ready to deal with that. That being said, if you're in business for the right reasons and you're doing the right thing, your spirit guides, your departed loved ones will definitely help you with business. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but my entire business plan was handed to me in a dream uh, by my departed loved ones. Um, and I just, you know, have been going down that list and will continue to knock off items on that list for probably the rest of my career. But yeah, so the other side can help us with businessy things. I just don't recommend that people come for the express purpose of receiving business information because they might not be in a position to receive it. But uh, Mr. J apparently got a little heads up about changing his strategy. And it sounds like he and his partner changed the strategy. So that's pretty cool. 
And then, oh, this is a fun one. So during the August reading, something came through about them copying family recipes, which obviously at the time did not make any sense. But after they were reviewing their notes at the end of December, they realized that they had reached out to Mr. J's brother to get a family recipe. So, I mean, obviously that prediction is not important, but it's kind of fun to know that departed people know what we're going to be craving in terms of food five months in advance. So yeah, that's what was going on for Mr. and Mrs. J in some prior readings. And on the note of beautiful and successful couples, we do need to talk about uh, Valentine's Day, thus the color scheme. So whether you're going to be coupled up for Valentine's Day or if you're going to be by yourself, there's a little something for everyone in this episode. According to my TikTok analytics, 90% of my viewership and listenership is women between the ages of 18 and 65. So... That's who I'm speaking to primarily with this information. But if the rest of y'all find benefit in this, you're welcome to hang out. So um, if you're going to be by yourself on Valentine's Day, I don't recommend going to those Palentine's dinner things. Like I know those are popular, but every time I've been to one of those, I have found that, you know, the men are just there trying to get laid. And then secondly, there's this vibe of like unresolved adult codependency that really... I don't know. It, it makes the whole room just feel like you're walking through syrup, uh, energetically speaking, because these people are not okay with being alone on Valentine's Day and they're like glomming on to each other for, I don't know, a sense of safety in numbers. I really just don't recommend going to Palentine's dinner activities. But use your best judgment. If you have a good friend group that isn't, you know, a bunch of sad sacks, by all means, enjoy have fun. If you have healed your codependency issues and you're okay with spending holidays alone, uh, you know what I'm going to say if you've been watching me for a while. If you're going to be alone on any kind of holiday, you got to have your own traditions. So I'm going to share my traditions with you so you can copy them or adapt them for your own needs. First, I want to talk about why I don't go out on Valentine's Day. Um, it's not that being around couples is a problem, but it's like when there's that many people out and trying to force themselves to have a good time in each other's company. I don't know. Um, not only is it too crowded, but also the energy can be a little cringe. I also have found that when you go out on any busy night by yourself, the wait staff will treat you like shit. Um, like if you try to get a table at a restaurant and you're like, I'm just, it's just me, table for one. They're going to be like, would you like to sit at the bar? Just say no. If you are alone and you're a woman and you're sitting at the bar, the presumption is that you are available for conversation. And if there is one thing I am not when I'm in public, it's available for conversation. So I always turn down a seat at the bar and then the hostess gets visibly flustered because um, they don't want to give you a whole ass table when it's just you. So um, not a fan of going out on Valentine's Day for dinner. Could go to a movie, but you'd have to stand in line. Plus, it's probably still going to be like negative 27 degrees. I, I'm not going to leave the house. I'm staying home. So now that I've listed off everything I'm not going to do by myself on Valentine's Day, let's talk about what I am going to do by myself on Valentine's Day. Um, probably going to go to the gym at some point that day. If I don't go at the butt crack of dawn, I'll probably go later in the evening. Um, so got to get to the gym somewhere in there. So got your endorphins. Uh, second thing I'm going to do, um, is plan some cute food. Um, might be salmon, might be shrimp, but I'm going to make something healthy, something that implies that I love myself and respect myself. I'm not going to eat cake for dinner. Um, 
I'm going to make something healthy and kind of special. And of course, another very important component is the entertainment. This is where the tradition part comes in. I've I've been doing this since 2016. I like to rewatch the Dirty Harry movies on Valentine's Day, and I like to make the joke that Clint Eastwood is my Valentine. So that's Dirty Harry, Magnum Force, The Enforcer, and then I think it's Sudden Impact. That's the fourth one. I'd have to Google it. Um, anyway, I'm always asleep by the fourth. I can't even remember the last time I stayed awake long enough to watch the fourth one. But the point is, I have a plan. I have a tradition. You know, you got to have multiple movies because like one movie kind of isn't long enough to take up a whole evening. Um, there's the Purge series. Um, you could do horror. You could do action. You could do romance if that's how you want to do Valentine's Day, which that makes obvious sense. Binge watch a TV show, whatever you got. I want to say just like pick something you're excited about watching. And then as an added bonus, this is optional, you can get yourself a little present. That's something my parents always did uh, for me and my sister. They gave us like little presents, like with the expectation that we should expect presents from people who care about us on Valentine's Day. I think they were trying to set a healthy precedent. Um, it doesn't have to be expensive, obviously. It just has to be like cute and has to feel special. Like my mom, she got me like beads for my beading projects. Um, that was a fun one. Uh, yeah, just like if you need a little, get yourself a little craft, okay? Uh, coloring book, cross stitch, get yourself a little handcraft so you have something to do with your hands while you're watching the movie or your series of movies. Just keep yourself busy. Pick out things that you're excited to do, excited to watch, excited to eat. Get those endorphins in. That covers all the major components of Valentine's Day. So I hope that helps and inspires you to, you know, take some ownership over your own time and realize that you're not waiting for someone to make things special for you, that you can make things special for yourself. Be your own boyfriend. Okay, plan your own little personal at-home date. Or if you want to go out, go out. So yeah, that's, that's what you're going to do. And if you're not going to be by yourself on Valentine's Day, we probably need to cover that too. It is my sincere hope that everyone who follows me or listens to this show escapes the Valentine's Day season without an STI or pregnancy scare. You might be wondering why I, as a psychic medium, feel the need to cover that. Well, I feel that there's many generations of women now who have not been taught how to advocate for themselves. And as a result, a lot of people are being derailed from their purpose in life. And I just want everyone to take some ownership over the trajectory their life takes, figure out what you're going to say in response to that 11 p.m. you up text that you may inevitably receive. It's okay to say no. It's okay to be unavailable. Just because someone resurfaces on a holiday doesn't mean that they've been pining after you for months, as your tarot reader may have told you. It just means they're trying to see if you're on a date with someone else and they want to see if they can still get your attention. I just want everyone to stay on track. So that's why I cover this stuff. Be spontaneous, have fun, but don't ruin your life. This is what I ask. Okay, so let's talk about 30 Days of Night. Uh, I mentioned that I was very excited to see this movie. I had wanted to see it since it came out in 07. Um, I would have been in high school at the time. And I actually remember like being like really feeling called to watch it, but I never did. And I'm glad I didn't because first of all, I would have been too chicken shit. I wouldn't have been able to handle the gore or the imagery or the vampires. I just wouldn't have been able to handle it. And then second of all, I wouldn't have had the life experience to make it charming. So I love that I ended up watching it now at 32 
because I got so much more out of it than I think I would have as a teenager. So let me give you the plot of the movie here. Spoiler alert. So it takes place uh, way up north in a community that actually exists uh, where it is actually dark for like a month at a time. And the premise of the movie is that during this 30-day dark period, uh, a herd of vampires descends upon the town and tries to eat everyone. And it's up to the small town sheriff to defeat the vampires. So pretty fanciful. So let me tell you what I liked so much about the movie. As I mentioned, I found certain aspects of the movie kind of relatable because as a young professional, I did spend some time in a place not unlike the one in the movie. It's kind of a rite of passage here in Alaska. If you're an accountant in the city, you get packed up with your little laptop and shipped off to a remote community to count pencils for a week, and then you report back to headquarters. Um, I did that a couple of times, and I have to say that the whole gotta get out of here before it's too cold for the airplanes to take off situation, spoiler alert, is very real. Um, I was very nearly um, unable to leave because it was too cold for the airplanes to take off. Now, at the same time I was up there, the CEO of our organization was also up there. And he stuck his head in my office on the last day. And he's like, if the airplanes won't take off, we're going to borrow a truck. We're going to drive the ice road. We're going to get to Dead Horse. And we are not staying here for another day. But we ended up not having to do that because it warmed up by like two degrees to like negative 45 or something. And we were allowed to take off. But I remember like sitting in the truck with a coworker on the tarmac next to the airport up there. And when I say airport, I mean, it's like a gardening shed with a, an airstrip behind it. That's the airport. Sitting there waiting to hear if the airplane was going to be allowed to take off before we got on it. And um, yeah, so the whole conundrum in the beginning of the movie where the lady is like, I got to get out of here before the airplanes are grounded. I can relate. Um, and fun story, I had already acquired frostbite on that trip. Um, I had been sitting in the airplane on the tarmac in Fairbanks on my way up there. And I actually got a little bit of frostbite on my foot right there on my foot. I was wearing Uggs, if you were curious, my little purple Uggs. And uh, I ended up with like a one inch diameter bluish black spot on the bottom of my foot. That was, that was frostbite from sitting inside the airplane on the tarmac with the door open. Um, I don't know why they felt the need to leave us sitting there for 40 minutes with the door open, but <sighs> that's how it worked out. Anyway, <laughs> I was fucking over being up there by the time um, it was time to leave. So I was sitting there like cashing in favors with the other side, like, please get me out of here. Please get me out of here. And um, if you're wondering, yes, I had some paranormal experiences up there. They were kind of weird and I would prefer not to repeat them. So yeah, that's my experience with a little community, just like the one in the movie. And another thing I really liked about the movie was kind of the moral of the story. Um, and I'm going to do this without spoiling it for you. But the notion that if you're really what stands between good and evil, and you're one of the good guys, you may have to periodically take on a little bit of the evil to adequately combat evil, literally fighting fire with fire. Um, I think that's a pretty poignant theme that would have blown over my head as a teenager when the movie first came out, but that, you know, as an adult, I fully get. 
I don't know. I liked it a lot. Maybe if I watched it again, I would hate it. But for some reason, it was exactly what I needed to see. And uh, <laughs> Danny Houston is such a good vampire. You know, I, I heard an interview a long time ago by the great-great-grandson or great-great-grandnephew or something of Bram Stoker. Um, and he was talking about all these different movie representations of vampires and how he found 30 Days of Night to be the most spot-on depiction of vampires based upon the book Dracula that he had ever seen. They're fast, they're malicious, they're uh, inhumanly strong, um, they're almost animal-like. And I found that I really agreed with that analysis. Um, it's been a long time since I read Dracula, but I totally get what he was saying, that they're the best movie depiction of vampires out there. Um, I don't think Bram Stoker's great-great-grandnephew or whatever is a Twilight fan. Let me put it that way. Um, but yeah, fun movie if you need some good creature horror and you're okay with some gore and some flying body parts. I think you'll dig it. So um, if you're interested in scheduling a reading with me, you can do so through my official website and only through my official website. I will never send you a DM ever. If something reaches out to you and it's got my profile photo, it is not me. The only way to schedule a reading with me is through andyraymedium.com. There will be a link in the show notes. Uh, please read through the information on the scheduling page carefully to ensure that you understand the process and understand how to prepare for a reading. There's also some supplementary information under the pre-session required reading tab on my website that will give you even more information about the process of mediumship. Um, so I do have availability for 45-minute and one-hour sessions in March, April, and May. If you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on a podcast app, don't forget to like, subscribe, give me a five-star rating, leave me a nice review. That will help push this show in the podcast algorithm to those who are most interested in it. If you would like to um, send me a topic, feel free to shoot me a DM or an email even, andythemedium at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you guys next episode, episode 42. See you guys next time. <laughs>